the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Messy Walk Podcast. I have an exciting announcement for you today. This is the one-year anniversary of the Messy wow, Walk Podcast. it's hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's so crazy. It's I crazy. haven't been on here for a year. However, The podcast has been a yes, year, Yes, I've been working around with the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, kind of helping behind the scenes before I started hosting. And so it's hard to believe that it's been a year, but at the same time, it feels like an eternity. It does. I agree. <laughs> a lot of work goes into these things more than you realize till you start doing it. And then you're like, wow, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yes. And there have been lots of ch- times ac- along the way where of oh, this past year where it could have stopped. Yeah, right? absolutely. Multiple times where we could have been like, yeah. hey, um, mm, let's stop. <laughs> let's right? just stop with this. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we didn't and we pushed through and so it's the one year anniversary which is really cool so exciting so cool that we get to do this thank you to everybody who listens and um joins in on these conversations whether you're coming on our facebook post or talking i know adam has people reach out to him personally and say like i should listen to the podcast and so we're just so grateful to get to have these conversations because we're learning from them too and um i just talked to a guy the other day who is in florida and had listened to the first episode of the theology stuff that we've been talking through. It was really cool, right? He sent me a message about it, and I know him, right, personally, but um, it it was cool. That's awesome. It's so cool. It's like a radio show. It's like, I feel like I'm doing a radio know. show. You know what it I mean? does. It feels but like a radio show. In the car My mom has you, actually told me uh, since, hi mom, by the yeah. way. Um, <laughs> but she's told me before, she's like, you could be a radio host. I'm like, I don't want to be a radio host. No, I do the that podcast. That's enough for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> then a radio host, like if you don't have another person with you, you're just talking to yourself all day. Right. <laughs> does not do seem ideal. But if you're a radio host, thanks for what you do. You, and you, you keep us entertained. Songs and- and you got to play the same songs 400,000 times over and over yes. and over again because it's hot and popular or whatever. Right. We don't have to do that on podcasts. Right. And sometimes We're it's good. not even hot and popular. They just can't get past the same 10 <laughs> just songs. Play it over and over My and over. word. Yes. <laughs> no offense to any radio host are listening. We for love you. <laughs> podcast, we don't have to play music. Right. So. Exactly. So, yeah, this is episode 51. Um, my name is Chloe. I did not say that at the beginning, but hey, my Chloe. name is Chloe. Hey, nice to meet you. This is Pastor Adam. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, and we're excited to be with you today. We are continuing a series that we've been doing on theology, different theological terms. Um, what number is this of that? This is this the is like fourth one. Fourth. Okay, fourth I was going to yep. say fifth, so I was a little bit off. It's the fourth one. We did an intro theology one, yeah. so if you go back several episodes, and then just the the greater concept of why theology is important, right? right, and why it's not reserved for scholars, right, right, yeah. And then we started walking into um, just some big pieces. We call them doctrines or some big theology pieces. So we yeah. did theology proper. Um, and then we did Christology. So theology proper is just, you know, God the Father, basically. Yeah. And then uh, Christology is God the Son, right, mm-hmm. Christ. And today we're going to do the fourth one, which, which, you sh- which you should know what it is then. If that's yeah, the case, it's, right? yes, so, it's God the Father and God the Son. What's the It's God the, the Holy Spirit. There you go. So we're going to yes. do, today we're going to kick off with one called pneumatology. Yes. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute. But Chloe had a little, um, well, we got to talking prior to the podcast, right. which we do a lot. Um, like we've been doing it for the last two hours almost. But yeah. um, she was sharing a story about something that happened recently, which yeah. which happens all the time. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't like a one unique story. We'll right. Share a little bit of it. So yeah. basically, um, the small group that I'm in, we often notice, and it even just happened this past week, that whenever 
you know, Adam will be teaching about a specific topic at our church. And then when we're at small group, we'll end up either reading that same scripture or talking about the same topic, like along those lines. And it but just happens. Yeah, but not yeah. intentionally. It's not like, oh, Adam talked about this. So let's talk about this. It just lines up like whether it's in scripture, like it lines up so perfectly with what we're studying or like our conversation heads in that direction. And since I work at the church, I'll kind of know like, OK, this is what Adam will be talking about this upcoming Sunday. Like I have that general idea. Right. And like this past week, we were talking about something that you are going to be talking about this upcoming Sunday, which was so crazy. And I like stopped them. I was like, you guys, you're not going to believe this, but like Adam is going to be talking about this exact, like general, it wasn't the specific scripture. It was just the general idea. Right. But sometimes it it is a specific scripture. Yes. It can go both ways. Yeah. We were talking about it and I was like, it happens all the time where I'll have some sort of obscure scripture that you wouldn't typically talk about or whatever that we happen to teach on or happen to be reading or whatever. And then I'll get in a situation where that exact same obscure scripture pops up. Um, and it just it just happens constantly. Yeah. And so we were sitting there talking through all that, and I was like, "That's part of the work of the Holy Spirit, right?" Which <laughs> we're, we're going like, to talk about what? today. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that so as we cool. go through. That's that's a piece of the work of the Holy Spirit. So yeah. so so big word pneumatology um, is that's just the, the Greek word pneuma um, is what translates spirit, and so. Uh, you know, Holy Spiritology doesn't sound very good. Doesn't yeah. sound very smart. So uh, <laughs> doesn't sound real either. <laughs> so pneumatology sounds yeah. a little sounds a little better. And by the way, that's where the the we, we like to think of Christology coming from our word Christ, but it's really not. It's coming from the Greek word right as well. Yeah. That's why I kept so, pronouncing it wrong. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Christology. Um, yeah. So anyway, pneumatology just comes from that Greek word spirit, and of course, ology is the study of, and so pneumatology is just the study of the Holy Spirit. And so what it's discussing is the same stuff that we did with the theology proper and with Christology. It's discussing the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. So anytime you're in a dialogue or a Bible study or whatever it may be about the Holy Spirit, the work of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you're reading Scripture that's referring to the Holy Spirit working, right? You you look in Scripture and you you read about Pentecost or or Jesus telling us in Acts 1-8 that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to have power and go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the earth, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Every time you do that, you study on it, think on it. That is pneumatology, right? Mm-hmm. So that is that. And so it's theology. But then if you're if you're taking this systematic type approach, it's going funneling down to pneumatology. That's mm-hmm. all that is. And so it's the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so mm-hmm. the first two persons of the Trinity. Um, God the Father, mm-hmm. and then Chloe. What is it? God the Son. God the Son. Right. Those two, the way that they are worded, the way that we say them, God the Father, God the Son, mm-hmm. they remind us that they're persons in that. So when we're talking about the person, of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the way that's worded, reminds us of it being a person. God the Son reminds us of it being a person. So we relate to those two quite well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But God the Holy Spirit um, seems different. Than those other two, it seems a little more abstract. It seems mm-hmm. a little less personal. Yep. And there seems to be this mysterious and elusive kind of idea around it. Yeah, um, it appears to be right because right. of the way we word it. Because yeah. the the terms father and the term son are personal. Term. We can see the persons of those in mm-hmm. that much easier. But with Holy Spirit, you just get this sort of. Um, I don't, I, maybe this is just completely subconscious on our part, but this mysterious, elusive kind of piece that goes to it. So it's not as easy for us to sort of grasp as the person of the Father and the Son. Mm. So, and matter of fact, here, here's a way to think about it. Um, actually, 
the he the Holy Spirit is the only one that if you think about how often you would talk about it or use it, he's the only one that we will ever refer to him as an it. Right? Yeah. So we might like, you know, the Holy Spirit was moving, you know, it was really, it was really, we'll use an it, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we'll use a he too, but right. he's the only, you're never going to use an it when you refer to God the Son. <laughs> right. right. And you never, you know, use an it when you refer to God the Father. But right. every now and then we will use an it to refer to the Holy Spirit. So you yeah. can kind of see that there's a little bit of a, I don't know, natural, a little bit of harder ability for us to relate to that person of the Holy Spirit because yeah. the other two are in terms of persons that, you know, we understand and relate to naturally. Um but with that said, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, fully divine and fully personal at the same time. The same picture that you would have of mm-hmm. Jesus, right, with regard to the person of, that's the same case here. And so it, it, he is not some force, right, right, or some metaphor for God's power. We often tend to, tend to think of the Holy Spirit that way, yeah. that he's a metaphor for God's power, right? right? So when we're saying that, we're just kind of referring to the power of God. Right. That's not the case. He's person and God, just like the other pieces of the Holy Trinity, right? So of God in nature, he is person and he is divine yeah. in nature, right? Um, and you can look through Scripture and you can see so many references to characteristics of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to do that on here. But characteristics of the Holy Spirit that you could relate to a divine nature and then the ones that you can relate to a personal nature, hmm. just like you can do with this father concept yeah. and with this son concept. Um, so uh, like before, we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit as well. So that's kind of like the person idea of the Holy Spirit. Then we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit as well, and that is a that's not an easy conversation. So when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, we tend to get into arguments with other Christians, mm. um, and it's a really difficult conversation to have. And think about it like this: there are some jobs that require so many different tasks that it's really hard to write a job description of all those tasks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like there's certain jobs where that's not the case. Like, like I don't think it's probably – I'm not saying I understand it completely. Don't send me no nasty messages. But, <laughs> like, a firefighter's job is to put out fires, yeah. right? And it's going to involve some things that we don't – normal people would not know. And so there's some pieces of that job description that we wouldn't get. But for the most part, we could write that job description. When it comes to – there's certain jobs, though, that it's almost impossible to write their job description for. And I'm not elevating my job above anybody else's, but I'm telling you right now, there are so many pieces to pastoring a church. Um, that it's not it's, just preaching. It's almost impossible to write <laughs> yeah. a job description of it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost impossible. I mean, I, like you are, and I'm not elevating mine. I'm just giving you a personal example because that's what I know. Right, right. right. Um, Makes sense. I mean, you are your pastor, your counselor, your CEO, right? You're a facilities manager. I mean, I can give you just a list that just is almost mm-hmm. unending of these things. And so it's mm-hmm. hard to write a full job description of that. So that's that's very much humanizing it. But when you think about the work of the Holy Spirit, there is so much there that it's hard to really quantify it down into this is the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I told Chloe this earlier. I like to live by this. Anytime we limit God to this is what the this is what it is and it's all that it is then I think we're always wrong, right. whether that's far right or far left, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And so if we go, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, and that's all that he does, that goes against our first yeah. concept, our very first concept of theology that we talked about when we got to theology proper several weeks ago. Very first concept is the incomprehensibility of God, right? Yeah. Does it mean that we cannot understand certain pieces? But it means that we will never fully understand it all, right. even in heaven, right? 
can't get it. We cannot get it. Right. And so we cannot – there's going to be some pieces to the Holy Spirit's work that we're just not going to get. Mm. But theology is us thinking through and talking through and processing through those ones that we do get and trying to wrap our brains around them the best we can. And usually what happens is, is we start to focus on one piece. This is that systematic approach. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with biblical theology, Right. We start to approach this in a systematic way, or we're looking at what the Scripture says. We start to understand certain pieces of the work of the Holy Spirit clearer. But mm-hmm. then what it also does is shows us there must be some other pieces that we don't understand. So it illuminates kind of things that we, well, well then if this if he's if he does this, then that means what's going on with this. Well, I don't mm-hmm. understand that. There's got to be something there with that. That's right. Yeah. So regardless, it's just hard to do. And so the way we think about the the Holy Spirit's work is we typically kind of break it down into two pieces. Um, and I and I, I very much like systematic theology because I am a visual kind of thinker. Mm-hmm. I got to have a picture. I got to have an analogy, and so it helps me to be able to put it into groups to understand it better. Um, so, but when I say that though, we put it into two groups. That doesn't mean that it's exhaustive. Right. And so the way we kind of start to digest this, the way we start to kind of eat it, is thinking even first of working on a global scale. Right. Mm-hmm. So we think about the Holy Spirit working like on this big global scale. So he is affecting history and he is affecting the world in general, just like we would think about God in a global scale. Right. In the person of God, and the work of God mm-hmm. and in Christ. Um, an example of that would be the Holy Spirit is involved with the father and the son in the creation of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's not he's not exclusive from that. He's involved in. And those pieces, that would be that global work of him. And he's also part of this global work is he's active in revealing God in prophets and prophecy, right? So he's active in revealing the nature of God, all three pieces, in prophets and through prophecy that you see in the Old Testament, right? Um, He is involved in inspiring scripture, right? So, I mean... The biggest piece and reason that we believe the scripture that we believe is that we believe it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? And so that gives us an indication of the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, it's not that we believe it and it's inspired because it's written in the hand of God the Father, because we know that it's actually written down in the hand of men, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it's not necessarily the content of the scripture that we believe that it is actually Holy Scripture, because there's all kinds of content. I write content about Jesus all the time. We don't call it scripture. Um, it's in the fact that the Holy Spirit is inspired to Scripture. Mm. And so that's part of the global work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then you see it in the life of Christ, that he is he, he is actively working in the life of Christ. Jesus references it constantly, right? And so that's that global work as well. Um, you know, and so you start thinking through those kind of pieces. And then you get into his global work of um, convicting the fallen world. Mm-hmm. Um, exposing sinfulness in our lives, like bringing it to light, and then reminding us about judgment, about future, about this is not all there is, like reminding us about, you know, that God is righteous and holy and that there is an ending point coming. There's there's judgment there. So it's, yeah. it's bringing up, you know, convicting us of our sinfulness, showing us that it's actual sinfulness. You've ever had something where you walk through life and you don't think that it's sinful, and then at some point in time, the Holy Spirit has been working on you and then starts to show you that, no, this is indeed sinful. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, like me and Chloe talked about this. We, I think we said this on the podcast, but I have no idea when it was. And then we just brought it up again today because of the conversation we were in, that 
um, you can think that you are not selfish and prideful, but if you'll let the Holy Spirit work on you and expose that sinfulness, you'll realize that virtually every thought you have comes down to you. Yeah. You know? I bet that was the... Didn't we do an episode on pride? I think so. It might have been. Since Christians ignore it. I hope so. We talked about, <laughs> yeah, because we talked about um, the first person that you look at in a picture. Yes. Is first person you look at. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Self, very or the very, 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 very first thought you have in the morning. Right? Mm-hmm. Very first thought. I mean, it could range. It's hard to even figure that out. Right? It's hard to right. even know what your first thought is in the morning. But if you try to trace it back, you'll see real quick that you're sinfully focused on about yourself. You, yeah. Right. Like 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 yes like this morning last two mornings, I've woke up with an extremely dry mouth. Hmm. It's the first thing I think of. My mouth is dry. Right? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I need a sip of water. Exactly, exactly. I got to do something different at night. My mouth is so dry, and my I don't know. It's the cold weather. There's no hum, there's no humidity in the air. Right. And so my lips are chapped and they oh. hurt. And my throat is dry. My nose is dry right now. You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm sure all those are symptoms of COVID, but whatever. (laughs) But he's not sick. (laughs) But everything is. Yeah, yeah. I have brown eyes. That's a symptom of COVID. But regardless, I'm just saying that the more the Holy Spirit's work in our life in this global peace is also that it exposes to us that there's sinfulness that we don't even realize that there is, right? And so... um, But then also, if that's kind of global, Right. But then it's it's not just global. Hmm. Right. So that means that it's not just these big pieces overall, but the Holy Spirit is active. His work is also active in the life of individual believers as well. Hmm. Right. Not just this whole piece, Um, which what we just said would be an individual work. But then also, as we're talking about it, though, we're talking about it as a collective experience. We're talking about it as in the global experience. Right. So um, think about it like. Think about it like this. Is Jesus' work – so here's a question for you. Think about this. Answer. See if you can answer the question. There's only one answer. It's, it's yes. So just letting you know ahead of time. Yeah. But um, is Jesus' work, what Jesus does, the work of Jesus, right, is that central for accomplishing the salvation of believers? Yes. Right. I mean, wouldn't yeah. it be? Right? Clearly, yeah. Isn't that clearly what he's doing? Right, right, right. So it's pretty clear that the work of Jesus is central. It's vital. It's yeah. crucial in accomplishing the salvation of those who would believe and follow him, right? Well, then if that's the case, right, and we have we have equal parts Trinity, but individual and unique, then the Spirit's work is also critical for applying Jesus' saving work mm-hmm. to individuals, right? Yeah. And so the way that you kind of look at this is that Jesus does the saving work, but the Holy Spirit is sort of like the glue that applies that work to us. Right, mm-hmm. so that's when we get into Lord. So, so instead of just global, this individual work that happens in the life of a believer because mm-hmm. of the work of the Holy Spirit, um, and so same vein of thought, if the work of Jesus takes us from salvation, right, through sanctification, and it doesn't end there, into glorification, right, which is this, so that we're all on the same page. This is the concept of Jesus saves you. That mm-hmm. salvation, and then you're working, you're walking that out. You're growing in Him. Mm-hmm. That's that sanctification process. So the salvation word is like justification, sanctification, walking mm-hmm. it out. Glorification is it's all done. We're in. We're we're with Him. It's over mm-hmm. with. Glorified body, glorified state, glorifying yeah. God. Right. Yeah. In full glorification, of who God is. And so, um, if the work of Jesus is taking us through all those pieces, the Spirit is active in our lives through that whole process too. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So he's also working in yeah. us in in justification, yeah. in sanctification, and in glorification. What we usually only think about him working in, though, unless we get to really, really doing theology in our head, is we really give him a lot of work and credit for his work in the sanctification process. Mm. But we sort of we sort of just kind of lump it into Jesus in the justification process, right? Yeah. So we sort of leave out the Father. We sort of sort of leave out the Holy Spirit there. Um, and then we kind of apply the Holy Spirit fully in the sanctification process, and then we sort of apply the Father mm-hmm. in the glorification process, right? Yeah. But the Holy, if Jesus is involved in all those, absolutely, then the Holy Spirit is involved in all those as well and active in that whole process. And so that would be this individual side, not necessarily just the global side. Mm-hmm. So most of what we talk about with the Holy Spirit is understanding what he does in applying Christ's work of salvation to us, mm-hmm. but through the whole process, not just a moment of salvation. And that's what's really important to get. And then that's also what's really important to understand about our faith in general, mm-hmm. that, it, that of course salvation is absolutely crucial, but God ain't just working in that moment, right? Yeah. He's working before it, he's working after it, he's working through it, he's working around it. You know, um, So it doesn't start with salvation just like Remember, was it a couple episodes ago? I think it was the mm-hmm. last one. Yeah, it was the last one. Yes. The work of the Holy Spirit does not start at salvation, just like Jesus' work did not start at Christmas. Right. Right? Yep. But you don't think of that unless you are processing through theology, which mm-hmm. is all that is. It's just those continuation of thoughts and learning and study of what it is. So like with the, with the last episode, we, we started there. We were like, where's the work of Jesus start? We usually start with Christmas. But that's not true. Yeah. So you can look through Scripture and you can see Jesus being there all before. And then, of course, if he's a part of the Trinity, then he's with God and you know the Father in the beginning anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so the Holy Spirit's work does not start at salvation, even though that's a place where we can see and understand his work probably clearer, um, and especially in the sanctification process. So. Mm-hmm. It, it, where he, the Holy Spirit is obviously, we already said he was there at the beginning, the global work. But that means that individually, he's starting with us being pursued by God as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, there's a term for this. Here's your first little theological term of the day, other than pneumatology. Um, it, it's, the, it, it's a form of grace. It's actually used quite a bit, referenced quite a bit in the Methodist church. Um, it was used a lot by John Wesley. It is called prevenient grace. Prevenient grace. Prevenient grace, meaning that that's the grace of God, that's the work through the Holy Spirit, that is pulling you towards God, showing you love, showing you grace, right? Pulling you towards God before you ever know it, Hmm. right? Before you ever even realize it. And, And that makes sense because if we're born sinful, and we are. Um, and we're sinful real fast. Like you can see tangible sinfulness in the life of a baby mm-hmm. real quick. Um, there's got to be grace there then prior to salvation. Otherwise, um, you just get smited as soon as yeah. you're born. Right? You right. know what I mean? Like, exactly. So there's yeah. grace that's there that's allowing you to live, but then that grace yeah. is also pulling you, pursuing you, whatever word you want to use, right? Showing you love, showing you grace. Um, and, and so that's kind of where that we look at like the Holy Spirit's work starting individually in our lives mm-hmm. like, like there, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Um, and so next you would see, as you walk through the work of the Holy Spirit personally, you would then see it at conversion or at justification, is a word there, or at salvation, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
And so that's what's happening there. The way the Holy Spirit's working there is the Holy Spirit is imparting spiritual life to those who are spiritually dead, right? So if you keep it in that spiritual realm, it makes sense. Because when we think about Jesus, we think about Jesus, the work of him and giving us physical life. That makes so much sense. So the Holy Spirit's working there, giving us, imparting spiritual life, right? Does that make sense? That makes total sense. The way you just said it, everything, a lot of things just clicked in my head. I don't know. It just makes more sense that way. Yeah, so God is working through all those pieces, but we tend to, because we're finite-minded, incomprehensibility of God, we'll lock into one little piece, right? So I'm not saying you're wrong by paying attention to the fact that you know, Jesus, the work of Jesus is crucial and central to salvation of believers, sure. Yes. Right? But so is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And so the Holy Spirit is imparting this spiritual life to those of us who prior to that moment are dead in, spiritually dead in sin. Yeah. And conversion then changes our nature, right? That's the whole point, right? So if we, when we are saved, when we're justified, our nature is changed, and that enables us, the work of the Spirit there enables us to then turn to Christ, yeah. right? Because you can't, you can't do it on your own, right? So that's the idea, too. So, like, um, you can't turn to God on your own. Right. If you could, you'd have did it the minute that you realized you were sinful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you, so you can't do it on your own. So the Holy Spirit is enabling that whole process for us to even turn to Christ to begin with. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and does. especially in the moment. Yeah. And so... The, the idea here, the big picture as you keep walking through the work of the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit is then united with the believer at salvation, right? United with us. Mm. You, you get that in Scripture. You see it yeah. all through that, that, you know, at that moment of salvation, you're being brought spiritually back to life. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit is what we like to say in a church, right? Easy way to say it, living inside of you, mm-hmm. right? So you're united with the Spirit at salvation. Um and then you get into this concept of baptized in the spirit, yep. which creates some controversy and uh, uh, some complex thought. It's extremely complex thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, let's keep it simple. Because what you can get into is, is if there is, and I like, this is one of the reasons why I like this, this four, how I many when we've done so far on theology. I like the fact because we can say, hey, here's different ways we believe. And yeah. we don't have to sit here and tell you, you must believe this way. Right. right? I think when we get to heaven, God's going to be like, you got all everybody got all this wrong for the most part. You got this part right. His name was Christ. That you must have him. You know, and but all the rest of the stuff you guys were wrong. <laughs> right? <was> wrong. <laughs> everybody <laughs> was. Like, but we all picture like different groups of Christians are going to get there, and we're the ones that are right. You know, and then this group's wrong, and that group's wrong, and that kind of stuff. Right. right? But regardless, so I like the fact that we're talking through it. So I'm just throwing out there to you the different ways that this kind of plays out, right? So nobody, for the most part, for the most part, disagrees that the Holy Spirit is united to the life of a believer at salvation. Yeah. But the different ways to believe it is, is if you're baptized in the Spirit at that moment, Hmm. and so that's a piece of it, or if it's some sort of separate baptism in the Holy Spirit later on, Right. right? And so that's a complex idea. It also causes a lot of controversy. So, But for us, let's just keep it simple. We are united with Christ. This is what we mean when we say this. We are united with Christ and his body um, receiving the spirit in our lives, right? And so the spirit's coming into our lives. We're united with him and we're united with the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a moment that's happening to us, right? Whether you believe it's that salvation or not, that makes any sense, mm-hmm. right? That's the spirit is a, in, 
what we're talking about here is the word indwelling, hmm. right? That the spirit of God is indwelling in you yeah. when you are saved, justified, whatever word you want to use there, right? Um, so, which, which also gives us this incredible image of uh, the temple of God, right? So the, whole, the, the spirit of God would dwell in the temple, right? Yeah. And so now you get this picture of the same indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside the life of the believer. Yeah. And so then you are not just your body, right? Because we right. like to say that in the church. Your body is a temple, right. right? Not just your body. You, yourself, your your spirit, your soul, your body, you are a temple, yeah. right? And the Holy Spirit's living up in there. Which right. is really really neat, right? It's really cool. So you to got think you can't way, think yeah. of it as him living physically in your body. Like right. you can't think of it that way. You got to think of it in in much bigger terms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like we didn't think of him actually living in the temple, we thought of him inhabiting it, indwelling mm-hmm. in it. That's the same thing we got to think of here. And we didn't right. just think of the temple as a physical absolute physical place. It had a much bigger idea. Yeah. Right? Same thing with our bodies. And so Wow. Um, I think that's really cool. It is so cool. And it makes me think of a lot of stuff. You know, like it just makes me kind of, when we're doing this, I almost have to keep myself from going off track because I'll just get my eyes will go up and to the right. And I'll just start randomly thinking about these things. Well, if you think this, what about this? And then what about this? And then there's also that. Like just now I started thinking about tattoos, you know, because your body's a temple. And you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like I just immediately started thinking about, well, what does that mean? You know, we'll go back to that. So um, it's just cool. But. You also have then the Spirit's work of, because see, see how vast the work of the Spirit is. I mean, it's in, it's insane, right? Like, yeah. there, see how there can be no like, you can't just do a Bible study on the work of the Holy Spirit and yeah. have a full job description and know exactly what He's doing, no. right? You know what I mean? Not like, at all. There's yeah. no way, right? Um, so, so another piece is is this the Holy Spirit's work of sealing the believer, yeah. right? That's signifying to the believer. Um, that that's that they belong to God, guaranteeing completion of their salvation. Right. So that's the idea of the Holy Spirit is involved in salvation, involved in sanctification, yeah. involved in glorification. Right. And the Holy Spirit living in you is a guarantee. Indwelling in you is a guarantee yeah. that you have been saved and that He's going to complete this work. Right. So if you are a Christ follower today and you're like me and you constantly feel like a great big failure all the time, right? You're constantly looking at stuff and going, why can't I quit doing this? Right. Right. Man, I'm trying. And then you realize, well, I ain't trying that good. You know, and, and like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You know, why don't I want God more? Why don't mm. I think of God more? Why don't I, why is the first thought that I have in the morning that my mouth is dry? Like, <laughs> I want to be the person that wakes up and goes, God, let me wake up today, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Another day to worship my yeah, Savior. <laughs> yes, I want to be that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really do want to be that person. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you start to realize that you need to know then that the fact that the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you is a guarantee that he is working this out through you, yeah. right? And so you will not be the same person that you are. He is going to grow you. Right, and that pro- that process is going to happen, and it's happening now, and it's going to be messy, and at some point in time, it's going to be completed, and the promise that you have that that's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit is living in you, united with you, right, yeah. um, at your salvation. Yeah. And so I just think that's cool. So, um, cool. Yeah. so 
if he's indwelling in us then then he's active in our lives absolutely. right and he's yeah. absolutely active um and so part of that activity is he's regularly you see this through scripture you understand his work he's regularly interceding for us as we pray mm-hmm. to the father in heaven right so it's not just us but there's this intercession that's happening right mm-hmm. um that direct connection that you hear people reference i mean that's just it's just the Holy Spirit interceding. That's yeah. all it is, right? What is the verse that says the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's what you're talking about. I'm trying to figure out what exactly it says. It says he prays. When we're praying, he something about utterances yes. or something like yes. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something, do you know what I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what you're talking about. I don't <laughs> I know what it is. I want to say it, but never right. mind, I guess. Right. Somebody Google it. <laughs> and groaning and, and groaning. Yes, and, um, that's exactly yeah, what I'm thinking about. Yeah, there we go. About. Right. Somebody Google it. You'll yeah. know what we're talking Sorry. about. Sorry, guys. We don't know all the references. <laughs> no, we don't. But I got really stuck on it. I was like, no, I, it's going to come to me once I start talking about it. It did not. Yes, and groaning <laughs> and what's the next piece? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. So there's this, there's obviously this intercession that's happening, yeah. and that's part of the work that he's doing in the life of a believer. Yes. Um, and then a big piece the the big piece that we always think of and talk about so much, which we've almost kept doing through this whole thing we've talked about, mm-hmm. is this sanctification process, right? Yeah. A big piece of the work of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not diminishing any of the other work we said because it sounds pretty crucial to me, right. um, it is the sanctification process. That's that piece where he's increasingly making us more like Christ, right? right? So that's him active in our lives. So the indwelling is guarantee I'm here. Yeah. Guarantee you're going to be good, and then if he's indwelling, then he's active, and part of that active is activity is not just interceding on behalf as we communicate with God, mm. but also him actually working in us to make us more like Jesus. Yeah. So when you feel like you're being molded to be more like Jesus, that's a primary work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. And so that's what he's doing, and that you know, you, if you lean in, you'll feel it. Mm. You'll feel you feel him pruning. Oh, yeah. You'll feel him cutting off stuff and moving, molding you, making you more like this. You'll feel convictions happening that you didn't have before, even as a Christ follower. um, You'll you'll find a a more of a drive. Now, of course, this is not like I don't want to ever present the picture of sanctification. We've been talking about this a lot at church lately and in our leadership. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't ever want to put show the picture of it being this linear progression always Mm -hmm. where. You know, the Holy Spirit is moving you and giving you more of an appetite for the word. Mm. And then that just always continues and grows and it doesn't ever go backwards or it doesn't ever stagnate. I don't want to put that picture out there because it does. Like I I will. The Holy Spirit is making me more like Christ. And so it's creating an appetite in me to be more like Jesus, Mm. to be in the word and that kind of stuff. But then I'll fall back. I'll screw up, right? And I'll stagnate. Mm-hmm. And so I can look back and go, man, a couple of years ago, I was just hungry for the word. What happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't want to picture I don't want to put this picture out there that's just this perfect little right. increasing you Step know, one, right. check. Step two, <laughs> right. check. You know. Right. And it's just this increasing thing that he's gonna your sanctification process is all nice and pretty and up and to the right on yeah. the graph. That's not the case. He's working in us to make us more like Jesus. That is also working against the sinful nature in us as well and the missteps that we make and the fact that we're humans and all those kind of things. But he is indeed working to make us more like Christ. 
in that sanctification process. And that's part we talk about all the time. And so in that sanctification process, he's also producing his fruit in our walk with him. So as we produce fruit, the fruit of the spirits, mm-hmm. right? You start that's where you can start to study the fruit of the spirit stuff. Um you start to see, and Chloe wants to do a podcast on Fruit of the Spirits. She's trying I to get me one to so do cool. one a couple weeks ago. That was your idea, yeah. but I was like, I'm behind this idea. Let's do it. <laughs> and then we got to own it, and I was like, eh, I don't know right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll come back around to it. You never know. Yeah. So you start to look at you know him producing fruit in the in us and in our walk, but that's coming out of him. So the fruit mm-hmm. of the Spirit is obviously. So as we grow in it, it's his fruit that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Right, like you know, everybody knows. Well, not everybody, but people know the fruit of the spirit song. Right, love, joy, patience, oh. kind of. Oh, you know I was saying fruit of the spirit's not a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what that's that is. one of them. I don't know all the words. That to one it. sounds cool. Yeah, it's pretty. I was good. thinking the one where it's like love, joy, patience, kindness, blah 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 blah, blah self control. Right, I don't you know heard that, that one. one? Anyway, we <laughs> I was about to start singing one about a coconut, <laughs> coconut. and you were we were you going two different directions. <laughs> Not that one, different one. Different one. <laughs> <That> one. <laughs> oh, man. So those things are his fruit, not ours, and they're yeah. coming out in our walk, right? And yeah. so, and they are, they are divine, you know, they are perfection in God, mm-hmm. right? I mean, does God have self-control? It's, Ultimate self-control. Yeah. Does God have love, faithfulness, kindness, right? And so as those come out in us, they can't be us. They're the work of the Spirit in our lives, and they're the fruit of Him. Right. Um, and then a big piece of, found, of of sanctification that the work of the Holy Spirit is doing, a big piece of that, is found in our knowledge of the Word, yep. right? And so what the, what's the Holy Spirit doing in our knowledge of the Word? He's illuminating it. Yeah. You know, he's shining it. That would be the piece we started off the podcast with. That would be sort of what you were saying in the beginning where – I'm reading this scripture, and all of a sudden, this yeah. pops up over here, and all yes. of a sudden, this pops up over yeah. here, and or I'm reading, and I'm going, "Holy crap! I never thought about this. I never saw this. I right. never got that." Right? You know, I can't believe this connection. It can't be here. coincidence when the things no. repeat, like a specific scripture or theme or something. You know, having to do with your relationship with God. You can't say that that's just a coincidence. Like, oh, it just came up seven times within one week. You know, like, really? It what just it, happened to? Like, what I think it is, is I think it is the illuminating work of the Holy yeah. Spirit. Think about that illumination thing. He's causing it to glow. He's causing you to notice it. Yeah. He's shining a light on it. Yeah. Right? Have you ever noticed if you are actually looking for something, you can see it? But if you're not, you can't? Or right. you just miss it? Yeah. Like, you know, I grew up, my, my dad... Um, He's like the greatest hunter in the history of the world. He even be mad that I said that because he likes to keep all that stuff quiet. <laughs> we we joke around all the time that, and I I believe it's true still to this day, that deer just come to him and die at his feet when he goes hunting. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have to do anything. They just come. They know, right? That it's their time. Their and, time has come, and it's going to <laughs> they be surrender. Them. And so it just happens. Um, but he, you know, he taught me when I was a kid, and he was a tough because hunting was his thing. So. Yeah. You're sitting in a tree stand with him, and he's teaching you what to do. Yeah. And it's how you look, where you look at, what you look for. And you've got to adjust your eyes to see the deer, not every bush that looks like a deer. And so when you're hunting a field mm-hmm. or something, especially, you know, it's wintertime, everything's brown, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it At first light or at last light, things could be tricky. And you yeah. can start to see things that you think look like the shape of a deer or whatever. My dad would just be intent on knowing you already like, especially like in the in the evening hunts. When you get in the stand and you look out, you got plenty of light. Hmm. You know what's a tree and what's a bush, 
right then. Right. And so when it gets a little darker, you already know that even though that now looks like a deer, it's just the shape of that tree because I already looked at it all this time. So now you can see things clearly. So when they pop out, you're seeing it. Does that make any sense? And so I think that the Holy Spirit is, that's what he's doing. He's illuminating it. He's, He's making it glow invisible. And so now it's not like it won't around you. He's just making you see it. Right. You know what I mean? That is so cool. I think that's wow. primary work of the Holy Spirit in the Word is us. in the sancti- Our sanctification process is us growing in the Word. That's a piece of it, right? Is Him illuminating it and glowing it so that we see it. It's right. like it's like this. God is around us always, right? I mean, wouldn't we agree? Like yep. All this stuff we're talking about, <laughs> it would mean that God's in everything, all the time, everywhere, working, right. moving, shaking. We have no concept. The Holy Spirit will make us see it. Mm. He'll He'll illuminate it. Yeah, He does that a lot in Scripture. Of course, I'm not limiting though. He do it in all kinds of ways. But yeah. you know, when you, when you begin to see stuff like that, that's a that's a primary work of the Holy Spirit. And so, just think about His illuminating work. Primarily, we associate that with the Scripture. Mm. But I don't think that He doesn't also illuminate us to see people, to see situations, to see things like that. You know. Mm. So, um. And as you keep talking through this concept, right, you you just keep going further into this work of the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. so, like, where you would get into next would be into some of the things that we would consider a little more controversial. We're about mm-hmm. to end, too. So, we'll, like, end with you uh, disagreeing and so or whatever it may be. So, you get into, like, how are we filled with the Spirit at certain times? And so, like, when the Holy Spirit empowers us with abilities that are beyond our human capacity. Mm-hmm. So in some task or situation or, like, prophecy or proclaiming God's Word in some powerful way, yeah. right? That would be the, the Holy Spirit filling us for at certain moments, right? And there's all different kinds of ways people believe that happens. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely moments where you can point to where the Holy Spirit fills you at that moment that gives you this ability that it's a godly ability, not a human ability beyond your normal capabilities. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then you start to look at spiritual gifts. Um, and that would give us even more controversy and differing beliefs. Yeah. And so I'm going to kind of leave you with this thought as we process through the rest of this. I mean, I got a little bit more, um, the simple definition of spiritual gifts would be, Abilities graciously given to every believer um, by the Holy Spirit, but you can't leave this part out, to serve one another in the church, so to to build up the body. Hmm. A lot of times we leave that out, which is where we start to erroneously go, I think, with spiritual gifts. We'll go, the abilities God gives us by the Holy Spirit to each believer, and then we stop. What's it for, though? It's not for you personally. It's to build up the body Mm -hmm. of believers. And so spiritual gifts are listed in five different places in the New Testament. None of those lists are the same. There are a few gifts that are only mentioned in one of the lists. Hmm. There's a couple of gifts that are mentioned in all of the lists. But none of those lists are the same. And so I think, and you will see this mostly from most theologians, most biblical theologians, most believe that this is not, and I'm one of these, that this is not an exhaustive list then. Yeah. So in other words, the, the gifts, the spiritual gifts you see in the scriptures that are listed there, they are not every single gift that you can have, yeah. right? 
Which would make it's sense, not intended yeah. to be an exhaustive list. And I think right. if it was intended to be, you wouldn't have five different places that they're mentioned with ones that are mentioned in some and not in the others. And so kind of a bottom line belief is that believers have at least one spiritual gift, right? Because the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of them. So mm-hmm. there's a specific spiritual gift there. And some people have two. Nobody has them all. And my little rule of thumb is if you're around somebody who's like, I have four spiritual gifts, they don't believe them. Don't believe them. Something's wrong there. <laughs> Something right. Um, but also with the spiritual gift stuff, they are not uh, equally gifted to each person in those gifts. And so, for example, uh, somebody can have a different degree of a gift from the same person who has the same gift. Yeah. Right. And so we start to see that play out through Scripture as well. Um, And the gifts are not about you. I'll I'll reiterate that again. They are are for the body. This is where you get a – here's a theological concept. The common good concept is what it's called, that the spiritual gifts are given for the common good of the body of believers, right? And so the common good of everybody who is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, that's what the spiritual gifts are given for. Um, And they're given for the work of the Holy Spirit, not for your work, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if I have a spiritual gift of preaching, it is not given to me for my work of preaching. It is given to me for the Holy Spirit's work of preaching and leading Mm -hmm. and working in all believers, you know, a community Absolutely. of believers. So it makes any sense. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to look at it too. Absolutely. Keeps us from being prideful and arrogant and there's yes. a lot there's a lot of arrogance around spiritual gifts. It's part of the controversy that's there yeah. too. Um and so the, the controversy that surrounds spiritual gifts, and we're about to end. The controversy that surrounds spiritual gifts is typically around the miraculous nature of some of the gifts. Mm. And so like when you think of the spiritual gifts of healing miracles, tongues, prophecy, that's when you start to get in some to some divide um, and, and then, therefore, some arguments and stuff. And so the yeah. main divide, and all I'm going to do is present it to you. You can decide and study. And yeah. We won't tell you what to right. believe. <laughs> the main divide is do they still occur today? Do those, do those, do those gifts with sort of a um, miraculous nature to them? like the kind of the four that I mentioned, mm-hmm. do they still occur today or did they stop and end with the apostolic era, which means just with mm-hmm. the apostles? We like to use the word disciples, but what we really mean is apostles when right. we say disciples typically. Yeah. So when we're referring to the initial leaders in the church, the 12 that were with Jesus, we're talking about apostles, yeah. right? But we like to use the word disciples because that's what they called themselves back then. But right. we're talking about like the controversy is, is, do they still happen today? Do miracles still happen today through spiritual gifts? Do healing still happen today through spiritual gifts? Do prophecy still happen? Does tongue still happen? Mm. Or did they end basically when the apostles died, right? Mm. Or not that long after? There's different people that believe they ended when the last apostle died, and then there's ones that believe that that was just an error, and so we're not con- we're not tying it just to their death, but to during that season. Right. Hmm. And so um, here's the two sides of the path. And here's two theological words. Yes. These are easy ones, though. I'll um, stick with you. Yeah. They make Con- sense. Continuationism. Yeah. Right. Which just means it continues. You see the root there. Continuationism. Those people would be continuists. And those are ones that believe, yes, they still happen. Right. So hmm. I'm not telling you which way to believe. 
Adam Cook is a, for the most part, a continuationist, right? Yeah. Yes, I do believe they still happen. Yeah. Um, but there's different there's 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 different degrees of continuationists, and so there are um, folks that would be, and I'm labeling here, so so don't make it out to be that I'm putting everybody in some category. Right. I'm just giving us a way to think about it. Pentecostal charismatics would be on one degree of continuationists. Those would be yes, they still happen. And they are used all the time. Mm -hmm. And every believer has access to those spiritual gifts, if that makes any sense. Right. So that would be like that far side of being a continuationist. And then the other ones would be on the other side of being continuationist. So they still believe that they exist, but they believe they probably don't occur as much as the Pentecostal charismatic movement says that they do Mm -hmm. or in the way that they do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So they do happen, but not like, not in the full effect that those people believe that they do. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so there's two different ways to fall, and then of course the other side of that would be not a continuationist, but then a cessationist, mm. or the the idea here is cessationism. Mm. That word cessation is just coming from the word cease. Mm. So those would be people that believe that that those miraculous spiritual gifts ended in the apostolic era apostolic era whether they so they stopped with the apostles whether that means when they died or mm-hmm. sometime in that range yeah. right and so to summarize this whole thing and wrap up this podcast um when we're talking pneumatology theology of the holy spirit that's you studying and studying is not just getting out books and words and taking notes and watching right. videos and right. reading the bible it's right. also thoughts right most of it is thoughts actually um, on the work of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the person of the Holy Spirit is all tied up in fully, fu- full person, full God, right? Yeah. Tied up in the Trinity. And then the work of the Holy Spirit is exhaustive. Yeah. I mean, it is, exhaustive is the wrong word. Inexhaustive. Inexhaustive, <laughs> right. Uh, it is just I'm with too massive for us to understand. And yeah. we and, and I think that's one of those things that shows us the incomprehensibility of God peace that we talked about a while back. That how do you fully understand the work of the Holy Spirit? You can't. But there are some pieces that you can start to see. You start to yeah. work through this idea of fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Spirit living inside of you. The Spirit working prior to salvation. How He works mm-hmm. in salvation. How He works in sanctification, right? And the main way, to sum it up, the main way we think of the Holy Spirit's work is we think of it in sanctification. Mm-hmm. The idea is is wherever you start the main way is to start getting out of that thought and think about it bigger than that, right? Because yeah. almost everything we just said here, I'd say 75% of what we just said, maybe that's a little too much, but at least mm-hmm. 50% of what we just said was work of the Holy Spirit outside of the sanctification process. Mm-hmm. Prior to it, and then we didn't even get into the glorification piece, right? right? So there's just a lot here. Yeah. Um, but obviously, and let's always remember this, no matter where you fall on the gifts of the Spirit or these controversial ideas of baptizing the Spirit and when you get them and the proof of the proof of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the speaking in tongues and stuff like that that you mm-hmm. hear on church all the time, no matter where you fall in there, let's don't forget that if the work of Jesus Christ is central to the salvation of believers, the work of the Holy Spirit is central to the salvation of believers as well, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so we don't want to let's let's don't make 
the Holy Spirit, the weird uncle of the Trinity that nobody talks about. We do that all the time. Too. We do it both ways. We make the Holy Spirit more than the other pieces of the, of the Trinity, but we also indeed make him less. Yeah. And the vast majority of Christians, I think, tend to make him less. Hmm. Oh, I, I definitely, I was thinking that when you were first starting, like when we were first starting the podcast talking about, I was like, when I've thought of the Holy Spirit, I think of him as like almost, not intentionally, but in the past I thought of him as like less powerful, almost for some reason, but I don't know I think it's like what you were saying that God the Father and God the Son, we can grasp onto those terms we easier. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit, it seems like, it, oh, well, if it's just an abstract it's thought, abstract it's not being, as powerful. It's just the power of God right. floating around, right? You know, right. whatever it may be. And that's what that's where what we want to do. So like for that, if you're feeling that way, and I grew up I grew up in a similar state too. It depends also what, if you grew up in the church or if you grew up with a church background of some sort, even right. if you're not a Christian. It also depends on how you grew up with and how it was treated right. that you tend to feel about that because you are you relate to it less if it was not personalized when you were younger, mm-hmm. right? As you were learning and growing in your faith, right? And so I would say that when you feel that way, and I've I've definitely walked through that, is you you need to study the person of the Holy Spirit more than the work of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Because what you're getting yep. is is you picking up on the work you got mm-hmm. it, but it's floating around like it's some weird cosmic cloud. Yes, it's some weird uncle that pops up every now and then, and people 100%. get strange. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Um, or yeah. pops up sometimes, and I, and it's got treats for us, and it's mm-hmm. miraculous, but then disappears. Yeah. What you need to study then is the person of the Holy Spirit more, which would which would basically just push you back to Trinitarian thought better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and don't just spend time talking Trinity most of the time talking about Father and Son mm. and ignore Holy Spirit. And then maybe not study as much of the work of the Holy Spirit at the moment until, you know, you start to grasp a better understanding of the person. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. Yeah, that was a, a good way more. to put it. Yeah, that helps me actually kind of direct. Like, what you wanna, what you want to do is get rid of the mysterious nature of it. Yeah. Or just tell yourself there's a mysterious nature about everything having to do with God and let me not put so much mystery on the Holy Spirit. Right. Because the Holy Spirit is talked about in Scripture just as much as Jesus, just as much as the nature of the Father. I mean, it's all through there. And so the idea is not to – I don't know. I think sometimes when things are mysterious or different to us, we avoid them. And so which then ends up leading to more lack of knowledge, right? And so like if if it feels something that's more mysterious to you, you spend more time studying Jesus and you spend more time studying the Father instead of leaning into the part that you that is more unknown to you. And then that a natural that's a natural human thing, right? Yeah. So don't do it. Like try to get try to lean in more to it and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate this stuff to you because that's his that's one of his primary jobs. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. That's cool. Wow. That's good stuff. A lot to take in there. There's a lot there. But it's so good. I'm so glad I we're hope we, doing this My series. thought on this when we do it is I hope it flows down in thought so that, that you feel the system the, the systematic piece to this, right? You feel it going yeah. in a systematic approach. Right. That's, the, that's the hope. Yes. Because then you I can mean, actually digest time. it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's making sense. Well, I made a surprise to Chloe before we wrap up. I made a surprise to her. I think that we are going to. You made a surprise or a promise? Was oh, that wrong? <laughs> you made a I surprised promise. Chloe. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I was like, I was so confused. I was like, made a you surprise. Made a... I was like, I don't remember him saying he made a promise, but I also <laughs> well, don't remember I made him you surprising a surprise. me. 
<laughs> I made something. I made I this didn't. for you. Surprise. I'm not a crafty person. I don't make stuff. <laughs> I might have buy a surprise, but I don't make it. Right, anyway, right, right. Um, that we were going to uh, talk about a piece of theology next that yeah. I thought we were going to leave out. But I think we're going to do it because I think it's going to be fun. Things will be fun. So we're going to hit up next week. We're going to hit up angelology, um, which I think is going to be neat because that's another one that I'm like, I know. What do I know? Nothing. (laughs) I know nothing. (laughs) You know, this will be fun. I think we're going to do it. So sounds good. Cool. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us today again on the Messy Walk podcast. Um, Be sure to check us out on social media. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was going to say so. then. Oh, and one more time. Happy one year anniversary oh, to yeah. the Messy Walk podcast. How crazy is that? So crazy. So if we, if we don't come back and this is the last episode, <laughs> my gosh. Hit a year, right? You always say stuff like this. <laughs> if we don't make it. <laughs> we don't make it. Oh, yeah. Man. Chloe had to be, so we had an all team <laughs> meeting at the church and all team meeting for us is just how we get the serving body together. Um, in the church, which, you know, some churches would call that deacons and stuff like that, right? And yeah. so the serving body of the church is the, they are the workers. They're the ones that are bought in. Yes. They, you know, and so we get them together once to twice a year. This is our first one, though, since yeah. COVID. Right. Um, it's been a while. And so we get them together and we always do something fun and crazy with them. And then, of course, we then we share with them kind of where we're going right. in the church before the church hears because mm-hmm. they're the vested body. They should mm-hmm. hear first when you get them bought in. So anyway, we do something stupid and funny. And this time we did something stupid and funny. As we do every time. Yes. And we do whatever we pick, we pick to where it makes the staff and leadership the most embarrassed they can possibly be. Makes us cringe and tense up and. And so Chloe had to be Taylor Swift, (laughs) um, which she hated and at the same time loved with a passion. Yes. It was this weird (laughs) tension I was living in ever since they called me because I was out of work the day that they decided we were doing this. And so I get this call and they're like, we need you to be Taylor Swift for the all team meeting and you can pick whatever song you want, but you have to like be Taylor Swift. And I was like, I love Taylor Swift. I don't want to be her. Like, I love to sing Taylor Swift songs. I don't Do want to in front exactly? of my church. I was sitting there on the phone. Was I don't remember speaker exactly phone. What I You said. said exactly. We said all that. And then you said, it was a little bit of a pause. And you said, I've been preparing for this my whole life. <laughs> yes. But then you were nervous after that. Yes. Yes. After yeah. I said that, I was like, oh, gosh, now I'm freaking out. But yes, I do remember saying that now that you. So yeah, she had to be me. Taylor Swift. And so what I was telling her backstage was. If something was to happen to her soon after this, and she was to go home to the Lord, you make it sound so much nicer. We, You're like, if you were to die, <laughs> I did, I did say, oh, we're on the radio, Chloe. <laughs> I, I said, I said, we for sure, like, we're going to mourn you for a little bit, but then we're for sure when we preach your funeral, we're going to put up a picture of you Gosh. as Taylor Swift, and we're going to say her work by God in her life it was complete. <laughs> it's complete. It was complete. And time to go. Oh, Home, we were gonna do it. So oh. if we don't make, if this is our last episode, it's, it's it complete. complete. <laughs> we're done. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> barring uh. barring catastrophe, we'll see you again next week. <laughs> yeah, and I can't believe we have to say that. <laughs> thank you guys for joining far. us. No, it's funny. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. And Lord willing, we will be back. Lord next willing, week. and the creek don't rise. <laughs> we'll see you next. That's week. That's how you say it in the south. That's it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.